Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Cryptid, and Project High-Rise. This is Staying In. Right, everybody. Uh, I feel like we've got to get our timelines in order. We are Marvel Studios. We uh, have messed up, so we need to make it official what the timeline actually is, so people understand. Course correction. A course correction. Because we're recording this early, because we don't want to do this over Christmas. No, I I want to drink port. I want to eat. I want to eat cheese. Uh, All right. I want to sit down. Because <laughs> famously, you're a go-getter. He's actually you... stood up as we speak. Say, famously, know, exactly, Pete records yeah. his podcast whilst hanging upside down. Yeah. We just don't know because he auto-corrects his, uh, his feed. So. And he hangs his pictures at the bottom of his wall. <laughs> it's like the twits. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, by the time you hear this, it will be the start of a brand new year. So, Happy New Year to you. Happy, Happy New Year, year to you. We all hope that you had a wonderful Christmas. We're glad you're here. By the time you hear this, I would have had my first curry on Christmas Day, ever. We're having a curry Christmas this year. Interesting. Will it? Will it be a? Will it be a turkey curry? Well, I don't eat meat, so unlikely then. So I'm guessing no. So, 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 so I'm getting. I'm saying that's a hard no. <laughs> Thai or Indian, Sam? Uh, it'll be an Indian. It'll be a mixture of Indian curries. You've had the Marts. Oh, it's incredible. Curry mixture. Oh my evening. gosh, what a dal. It's going to be that. It's going to be that pretty much Christmas, which is going to be lovely. Is this a tradition or is this a new thing or is this just something? It's a new thing. So it's a new thing that we're trying because we don't. So Lisa's family don't eat meat. Me and Lisa have both recently given up meat. Mm-hmm. So why cook, you know, an average nut roast? Which I can attest are not very nice. Yeah, they're all right, but so we're going to have lovely, tasty curries instead. Fantastic! And everyone in the family has their curry. So Lisa's mum has a curry that she makes. Lisa's dad has a curry that he makes, and Lisa makes a curry as well. What do you make, Sam? Uh, nothing at the moment. <laughs> makes a lovely cucumber yogurt dip. I could do actually. And um, famously, Lisa's brother pops the poppadoms. He's he's even got an apron that calls him the Poppadon King, so that that's sure, surely it would be the Poppadon. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel you're gatecrashing this tradition? It sounds like it's really well established already. <laughs> um, anyway, so also the other thing that would have happened by the time you hear this is that Chris and I will be joining Dan at his home for having completed the 2018 Round the Houses Challenge. At the time of the recording, we haven't done it yet. No, 13 kilometres left for me, so I've got 50, 5-0. So we'll we'll get there, we'll get there. Slow and steady wins the race. We'll get there, and we'll join Dan (laughs) for a a meal. And Pete, I've still got high hopes for you. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, I'm already there. What? What? I'm already there. He's outside your house now, (laughs) Dan. I'm outside, (laughs) I'm literally outside. This immediately sounds sinister. What? What do you mean? Well, I'm... Yeah, I mean, I've, I mean, I've, I've been tallying up all my time since I started in April, <laughs> and what? I'm up to eight hundred and twenty-nine kilometers, which is enough, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's over the amount. So- yeah, <laughs> you, you've you've shot past Dan's house. <laughs> you've pretty much gone past me. He's going, like, he's going round again. This is incredible. Like- this is brilliant. 
It's a Christmas <laughs> miracle, Sam. It's a... <laughs> God bless us, everyone. This really has become like wacky races, isn't I it? I know, yeah. Penelope Pitstop has just overtaken us. We've all been sweating and working hard, and in, in the dead of night, in the meantime, there's been Pete. In fact, he's actually that bike is the dynamo for the electricity in his entire flat. <laughs> Pete, how do you how do you feel having done that? Like, do you feel like a change has occurred within you? Um, Have you did you enjoy it? That's probably a better question to ask. Um, well, it was all right. Like, I kind of felt a little bit. Um, uh, was it the equivalent it? of sixty hours of Mass Effect Andromeda? <laughs> I actually played some of Andromeda while I was doing it. Because uh, so this I, was indoor cycling. Yes, this is indoor cycling. <laughs> That'd be very, very dangerous. Otherwise. So I said, I, but the thing is, I, the, th- the thing is, I, I think the thing I experienced the most of was like was un- being, yeah, was like got a few punctures. Well, I tell you what though, like, so when you do like, it's difficult doing ten k in a day. Like it is yeah. like, but I've realised I can do it in about. So I've set it up to, I've set the bike up in the back. This one here, um, about five set, years ago. <laughs> I set that one up to do it's like on I didn't really know what would be fair in terms of like because I'm on a bike right it'd be like I kind of felt like it'd be like getting a car and doing it so instead what I did was I just cranked it up to like the highest level of yeah resistance and was just like oh sod it I'll just put it on that yeah so I was kind of unsure as to whether or not that counted but I just thought oh sod it yeah I think so because when I when I went on a bike for a bit of it I upped and down the resistance because that's what normal cycling would be that's what I thought. I thought yeah. I thought some of it's going to be uphill, some of it's going to be downhill. Yeah. So I'll just I'll even it out. Um, but yeah, so it was all right. I, I it was okay. I'm, I mean, I'm glad. I, I tell you what, I'm glad I did it because, like, I would have been. I think I would have been very poorly after a bit going up the mountain. How how difficult was it to bite your tongue every time um, certain members of the podcast ridiculed you for? sitting on your ass and not doing anything oh it was fine it was absolutely fine <laughs> did, did, didn't didn't feel didn't feel uh, ostracized bl- ostracized neglected. or blood red mad at any moment <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no so um but it was good the, the other cool thing about it was it it de- it definitely gave i've realized what, what i definitely need with exercise is structure structure is really the thing that keeps me going because there was always this thing of if you don't keep up you won't be able to have that 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 moment at the end of the year where you go I did it yeah. so so um having that sort of a structure was really really important for me I think you definitely motivated me to do this I'm impressed how your your bike still has clothing draped over it did you take that off when you were cycling yeah yeah I, I, it has been used as both an exercise bike and a clothes horse um but yeah it's also got yellow on it now it was all white and now there's like a stain of yellow at the front I don't know what that is I think it might mean bits of me (laughs) I didn't need to hear that (laughs) also fun fact um, and I don't mind sharing uh, uh, fun fun I didn't really I I sort of thought to myself I can't really be asked to get like changed into like training gear while I do this oh god no so Go instead on. instead what I did was yeah. uh, basically every night while I was doing like you know 5 to 10k or whatever it was, oh please I just strip off completely naked oh. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and like and like honestly cycling around nude I've, it's, it, obviously you know it's 
so there was this really beautiful occasion. I sat on that when we went to stay over. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, my oh God. God. disgusting. Oh. There's a reason people wear training gear. Yeah, if you try and flog that on eBay, no one will buy it. <laughs> There was this. There was this bit. There was this. There was this moment in. Uh, there was this moment in my living room. While, <laughs> and it was a very bizarre moment. I was there cycling, butt naked, watching Star Trek Enterprise, and Taco was like sat on my feet, looking directly up at me as if to say, like, "And you're at the top of the evolutionary chain here." This is like a Twin Peaks dream sequence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when am I getting fed? <laughs> <laughs> I assumed that you just left oh. the bike in kind of the spare room where you are now. I didn't realise you'd take it, like carry it through, strip That's off. how aggressive a cyclist he is, Danny. He actually managed to get out of the spare bedroom into the yeah. living room. There's no yeah. wheels on it. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, that has ruined somewhat my eyes. Ta- somewhat taken the sheen off of my achievement. And the bike. Uh, and the bike. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to know what else I've been doing uh, rather than cycling naked? Uh, I don't know if I do anymore. I, I know you recently bought a Switch, so I'm excited to hear about all the the, the Switch goodness. Yeah. Uh, been Switch. Playing. Yeah. Yeah. Switch. Um, yeah. I've been, yeah. Switch. <laughs> yeah. There we are. So um, I've been uh, playing not on uh, my Switch. Oh. Uh, so yeah. I have been Great. playing on my mobile <laughs> telephone. Uh, what a worthwhile purchase! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I purchased it and I was like, "Do you know what? I I, I can't be bothered." Um, if so, only I had a portable console to play. Oh well. Yeah. So instead, I've been playing. Um, I've been playing on my mobile. Uh, I've been playing Project High Rise, um, and um, it's like, have you guys played Sim Tower? Played no, that? but I am aware of it. You're aware of it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, yeah, you seem that. very you seem very dour. What did it's, a bit, <laughs> it's a bit like the KKK. I've never been in it, but I'm aware of it. <laughs> a bit. <laughs> oh, put, put put that on the back of the box. Um so yeah, like uh, so it is basically um uh, So from, it's not Sim Tower. So it, it, it's basically Sim Tower. Um, oh, okay. It, it, but what's it's a, Sim Tower? It, so Sim Tower is um imagine Sim City mm-hmm. crossed with Fallout shelter. Um, okay. So this is a, a premium game. So it's mm-hmm. not it's not wait timers or anything like that. Basically, you have you build a tower, and so you have to build all the floors and all the foyers and put art in the uh, in the halls. And, and, and so I take it you've got like a like in Fallout Shelter, you've got like a cross section of that yep. tower that you're looking at. Yep, that's right. Okay. So cool. you can be, and uh, so you get that, and then you decide. Okay, I'm gonna put in residential flats. Uh, and what kind of residential flats? Is it like a one-bed bedsit for some scum lord, or is it like like me, uh, or is it like a very big deluxe apartment uh, for a family? Um, and depending on which one you choose for for those, they have different needs. Uh, so some of them want uh, a, a restaurant in the building or uh, daycare services and stuff like that. But then there's also offices, so you can you can make it a tower block full of offices as well. Is it like a premium version of Tiny Tower? Yeah, so Tiny Tower actually was the freemium version of uh, SimTower. Okay. Um, so they took that idea and turned it into that. And um, it is... Uh, so I've been playing it on mobile. It is also on PC. Um, and I've, I've actually sort of 
been playing it at work there as well uh, on my PC. Um, the differences. So, let, are, so let's just get this right. So this yeah. isn't Sim Tower. This isn't Tiny Tower. No. This is Project, Project High, Rise. High Rise. So what's the difference between everything else that we've mentioned to Project High Rise? So so Project High Rise is it tries to be the spiritual successor to Sim Tower. So it's very much trying to be like the next version of Sim Tower. Like so with Tiny Tower, it was like, let's try and make a free-to-play mobile version of that, strip it right down, and get to the very, very, very heart of what that's meant to be. Whereas whereas Project High Rise is meant to be like, yo, you remember that game? Well that they haven't made a version of in 20 years? Well, we've done that. Um as you might see with something like Two Point Hospital to theme to theme hospital. And it's uh it's lovely and it's really it's it's really dorky and and like uh the minutiae of it i quite like um so like you have you have like little um you have to pump energy into it you have to lay out the the energy wiring and the telephone wiring and pump gas into the into the place uh and like cable and water and figure out all of that sort of stuff and make sure that every, everyone has all of their resources you have to like you, your tower gets prestige over time and uh, people see it as like a really fundamental part of the community and because of that you become like a pillar of the community which allows you to like uh, go to the local council and say can I extend the height of this building even further than I normally would be able to and they go yeah that's fine um, and uh, so that's that actual kind of verbatim transcript of yeah, the conversation that, yeah that's, that's yeah, fine, fine. Yeah, so, what, so what's, what's, what makes Willington Tower distinctive what's the angle you've taken um, well mostly uh, it's the power is generated by a bank of naked cyclists yeah. <laughs> it's an image yeah what a, what a lovely mural they have across the wall put that is it in. like your tower in Minecraft Pete which is just a, basically a solid block of sand um I mean uh I mean, there's, uh, yeah, there's no artistry to any of it. I definitely find that, so you can you can get really nice, intricate, lovely looking buildings. And that is like the thing that you might go towards. And, and when you look at like screenshots of people who have played it for ages and ages and ages, it's been out for a while. Um, they do really lovely, intricate things. But mine is very like 70s, 80s communist block. Like, like brutalist. Built, built it, yeah, brutalist. Like build it high, put in stuff make it functional like everyone has the same like so for to the to the point of like you can add you can add like artworks into the uh into the into the building and that gives it more more of this prestige and it opens up um hammer and a sickle it opens up more uh like options for you to build out so the more prestige you have the more deluxe built uh offices you can build and um like you do that you build this prestige by putting in art and with this, basically what I've done is I've put the exact same statue on every floor in exactly the same space for like maximum prestige efficiency. Yeah, it is really like, like you really find, again, it's like sieve. It's like, um, it's like sieve in that you find out a little bit about who you are when you start building it. And I am definitely the like, the like, what do you mean? What do you mean you want some sort of nice fancy artistry? No, absolutely not. Get as many people in as you can and squeeze them for as much money as possible. It's great. It's really good. Like, um, and I've really, really been enjoying it. And like, yeah, it, it's just um, the reason I the reason I've been playing it is because you know I was saying last time that like I really feel like I've been stressed out about like trying to get through my pile of shame and these kinds of games. I don't know if you have any of them yourselves actually. Like, like. But there are kinds of games, and this is one of them, whereby 
they lull you into this sense of like like a, a quite a tranquil state there's not huge amounts of danger they're not twitchy they're not super um dramatic or exciting in that in that way they're just like you know, like a Sim City, like a City Skylines, for example. I, I, I have that, but with TV shows. Okay, like what, Sam? So, at the moment, I'm currently re-watching, uh, going through all nine seasons of The American Office, after I found out that it's on Amazon Prime. Right. And for me, that I have the same feeling that I do for that as things like... Um, I will always find myself re-watching things like I'm Alan Partridge and Know Me, Know You and The Thick of It and that Fry and Laurie um, what's it called? Just bit, a, a, little bit bit of of, Laurie. a little bit of Fry and Laurie like, I find a comfort in watching things that I'm very familiar with but I know I also enjoy Yeah, and so I just put on the episodes of The Office and I just let them run and most of the time I'm like doing other things like playing Dark Souls on my Switch mm. or doing like online shopping or sorting out things in the house. And for me, it has that same effect that Project High Rise does for you. I guess it's kind of like a... It's a sort of a visual stimulus to help you get into some sort of mind state. It's quite comforting. like a, Yeah. Like, because I know where I am with it. There's nothing shocking. There's nothing taxing from what's going to be happening in in the series but it's there and I watch it and it's there's just enough there to keep you engaged yeah I'm actually funny enough Sam I'm actually the exact in the exact same position um, I'm re-watching not the American Office but I'm re-watching uh, Scrubs um, I just I saw something the mm. other day and they did like a reunion like talk I watched that and it got me kind of thought oh I'll watch a bit of that again kind of because I've already seen I've already seen all the series so it's quite nice to go back and watch mm-hmm. them knowing where it's all going to go but having not seen it for a long time you kind of forget certain things so there are certain surprises but it's exactly the same thing that I mean I just download a load of them to my phone I'll watch them on my commute I'll watch them before I go to bed if I'm just sitting there if I'm doing the washing up I'll put it on my phone and stuff like that so it's exactly the same thing as you're saying it's that thing of just kind of tuning your brain to something which it I'm in a safe place there I know I'm not, I don't have to worry about it yeah, and it's like it's not, it's not super passive. It's not like a screensaver. No. Do you know what I mean? It's not like it's not completely devoid of engagement. It's just enough engagement, enough times. I can look away, and it's not a problem. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly it. And I really find that with 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 this game, with 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 the game, because it's like because you get into this nice core loop of what the game actually is. You can just fritter away hours and hours and hours on this thing of just just very pleasant management game. And um, yeah, just really lovely. Can I talk about the birthday present you all very kindly bought for me? What was that? Which one? This was a board game. Oh right. yeah, not the not the great picture. Oh, the great picture is amazing. That's actually in my living room now. Oh, you put sofa. it up? Yeah, yeah, of course oh, you put it up. How was the process? Just saying it had to be done. Hammering nails into the wall, hanging it up. Uh, this this was a film poster, very quickly. It was basically a map where it was genius, where all those films that are that are of geo- geographical locations, like Gosford Park, uh, what were the other ones? Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. <laughs> Not just all parks. Uh, Airport. Sunset Boulevard. Are, are the, are the park-related films are available. <laughs> uh, 
basically somebody's put these on a map and it, it's absolutely brilliant so they'll be like um one is like jump street and it's like 21 and 22 is, yeah it's lovely little things like that and it, it's what, nice. what i love about that as a picture is every time you look at it you see something new um, but you got me a second gift as well. It's a proper bundle, and it is a board game by Osprey Games, and it's called Cryptid. Hmm. Uh, where picture this: uh, a modular board that is split into different geographical terrains, desert, swamp, uh, oceans, forests, mountains, and it's a hex board. And on that board is where a cryptid is located it's, it's in one bit, of, it's a bit like Catan it's a bit like Catan in terms of its arrangement up, yeah. okay and each of us has got one clue which tells us where the cryptid is we don't we only know our one clue if we knew everyone's clue we'd be able to pinpoint the exact single hex on that board where it is right based on watching what other people do with that board either showing that they know where the cryptid is based on where their clue where their clue is suggesting it could be or where it isn't, based on where they've put cubes, we can try and roughly work out where this cryptid is. So every time somebody plays, you're watching, not just to see uh, where you think it is based on your clue, but trying to work out everyone else's clue around the table and through the process of elimination, being the first to determine where this mythical creature, this cryptid, is. So basically, on your go, you have two choices. You either question somebody, where I pick somebody around the room, and ask them, could this be here? Could the cryptid be here? The second thing I can do is I just do a thing called a search, where I pick somewhere where it, which fits in with my clue, and I go around the table and see what people's responses are. If everyone puts a disc down, that means that this is where the cryptid is, and I've won. If just one person puts a cube down, it stops, and that's the game. It's been designed by Hal Duncan and Ruth Viviers, it's illustrated by Quanche Moria. Um, it's just a really simple but really um, layered game of deduction. You and I, Sam, have played the beginner's version played, of Lisa. Yeah. It's a two-two, I think, five-player game. I wouldn't say two-player at all. No, I'd say three two to five. It was basically supposed to be three players, but um, due to popular demand online, Osprey actually quite quickly, I think, published a two-player variant, which really isn't really that fun because it basically surmounts to a four-player game where you play for two colours. So the clues might be, say, for example, that it is in either a desert or a swamp or it is within two spaces of a blue structure. Hmm. The advanced version of the game, which is brilliant, um, my partner and I played it with our neighbour the other night, and that basically it just does a simple thing of turning it on its head where the clue is, it is not here. It is not within three spaces of here. And just that simple editorial tweak just burns your brain just a little bit to add that little bit of complexity where you start to second-guess yourself. Hmm. Um, I played it with our neighbour. We were two goes in. He said, this is a genius game. Mm. I'm going to buy this. And he ordered it straight away. Uh, the next day afterwards, my partner was like, I just, I just want to play Cryptid. And, you know, it's just the two of us. And again, the two-player game doesn't really work that well. So it, it, it kind of gets its teeth into you, literally. I think mm. there's, a, there's one thing that Cryptid does really well is it taps into that inherent joy of deduction and, and secretly, without anyone else knowing it, is being able to join the dots together and getting to a solution before everyone else. It's a, it's a, it's a similar feeling to what um, you've played at Holmes and Watson and Holmes. Yes. And, and that feeling of secretly without anyone noticing or letting on to anyone, being able to deduce something or find something out, 
there's always that really like burning inattention of well shall I go now oh they've gone to visit that place like they're going to get it soon enough I've got to go I've got to go like Watson Holmes does that but Cryptid does it so much faster and more efficiently that it has it has that power to keep that cycle going because Watson Holmes you play it and a game will last about one to two hours because there's so much information to take on there's so much deduction and reasoning to do Whereas cryptid, it's just you just got to figure out what the rules are, and games will last about twenty, forty minutes. So just when you think you're on the cusp of something, a new game starts, and because it keeps that cycle going so quickly, and and it sort of regenerates itself and and keeps you, and doesn't let you get burnt out on the process of deduction. It's a very very smart game. It's like um, Whitehall Mystery, like that's a fantastic game. But when you finished one, you know, you don't want to immediately play it again because yeah. you get so burnt out on that on that feeling of feeling like you're being chased or trying to chase something and trying to deduce where someone is based on where they can't be, which is essentially what cryptid is. But it manages to do it all in such an efficient and logical way, which makes it a much more enhanced experience. And that's also one of the one of the criticisms of it that I have is that it is so logical and it is so stripped back and it doesn't have much of a theme that it's not the nicest thing to look at. It's other than the art that's on the on the box and the name, Cryptid, it's really just an abstract game. But as Sam was saying, like I thought the the pleasure would be going, I know where the cryptid is, but actually it's not just that. If you don't if you lose the game you take great pleasure in knowing, well, at least I worked out what your clue was. I worked, yeah. I knew it was that clue. And the first thing that happens when somebody's guessed the cryptid is not, oh, how did you know it was there? It was like, what was your clue? What was your clue? What was your clue? Just trying to work out if you got it right at the very least. Mm. And that is just infectious. It really is. I think we played it like three times in a row. It's just great mm. fun. Osprey have knocked it out of the park again, in my opinion. Absolutely fantastic. I'm starting to collect all their back catalogue at the moment. Between us, we're, all, we're kind of rinsing Osprey. They're fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. So thank you again. That was a wonderful and very thoughtful birthday gift. Well, thank you very well, much. Well, you didn't stop banging on about it. No, yes. it was so good. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Secret Santa. We do this every year. We uh, try and do a good thing by sending each other gifts that we really, really want, but then yeah. we ruin it. So <laughs> <laughs> every year. Is it, perf- is, it, is it worth mentioning what we each requested? Yes. Um, so for my secret Santa I asked to receive something that would teach me something new not juggling specifically not juggling Mm. specifically mine was uh, for just to have a graphic novel what was yours Dan? mine was an autobiography oh brilliant Peter? yeah mine was complicated Uh, mine was an (laughs) RPG tabletop role playing game that is 10 years old that is at least 10 years old and I never played it before well, should we go with you first? I feel like this is what we're leading up to. Yeah. Me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, all right. And, you know, you completed the challenge and... Oh, that's true. Yeah. All right, I'm opening okay. it up. Came in a lovely pad envelope. Thank you, Secret Centre, for taking so much care. While you're unwrapping this, can I unveil the leaf, the, the sheath? So after we, after we designated Secret Santas... Yes to each other it wasn't very quickly after that that someone set up the whatsapp group 
called Because Peter's a Bum. <laughs> um, <laughs> two years year. running strong. <laughs> it's a tradition and, every year. And, and, and this was a, this was a, uh, a WhatsApp group specifically um, set up. So if whoever got Pete needed help trying to find a 10-year-old role-playing game that he had not played, yeah. uh, they could ask they could outsource and like crowdsource some help that's a good idea the person that it was never used it was never used so because oh. peter's a bum chat was never used so i got I, added to this chat on my birthday oh. <laughs> <laughs> so so i'm expecting great things okay well i'll uh, i'll keep unwrapping hold on here we are we're, we're almost there Shall we fact check as well? So if you give us a name, we'll we'll, we'll find out when it was. Um... So this is. Oh, hold on. So this is. Oh my word. Oh wow, this is Savage Worlds Deluxe, uh, the Explorers Edition. Holy cow! This is awesome. I've been looking at this for ages. Originally published in 2004. Oh, good work. Oh, wow. This looks amazing. Yeah, so this is... Um, so Savage Worlds is a... It's basically a... As my understanding of it is it's a way to have lots of different kinds of themes and sources um, in one system. So whereas Dungeons & Dragons is very much like, yo, you are going to be going into dungeons and fighting dragons. Uh, yeah. Um, you are not going to go onto a spaceship and fight aliens. Although, in one of them, by Gary Gygax, you actually did. Um, but uh, Savage Worlds is much more about, like, very open and free kind of stuff. And, uh, wow. My word. Oh, wow. Above and... Aww. Absolutely above and beyond. This is fantastic. You say above and beyond, or exactly to the brief. I mean, <laughs> I mean, but to, exactly to the brief is fantastic because honestly, this is this is incredibly difficult to. Uh, I, I genuinely super impressed. This is lovely. Well, I, well, what I will do, what I will do, and and I know that you know, whoever whoever Secret Santa is, uh, uh, will be will be pleased with this. What I'll do is I'll run one for you at some point. Ooh, uh, and uh, well, that'll be that'll be a thrill. That'll be a thrill, wouldn't it? Who goes next? Uh, I choose Chris. Oh, brilliant. Let's dive in. So I asked for a graphic novel. <laughs> so I haven't read one in absolutely ages. Yeah, and you didn't actually specify it's not one you read before, so <laughs> yeah, be careful. Spider-Man it is. <laughs> Ooh, I've got Scott McCloud understanding the invisible art of comics or the understanding the invisible art of comics understanding comics I'm trying to do, read this do you title. want to try that again yeah but this okay, is Chris. understanding <laughs> comics by Scott McLeod did <laughs> 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 you just bundle up all of the words in the title and his second hang on oh, hang on it's already <laughs> bookmarked I found a bookmark in it from the person who read it so... like, from the Victorian <laughs> Albert Museum <laughs> So whoever owned this last <laughs> didn't even take didn't get past page fifty one. <laughs> so this is actually a, this is quite a, from looks at this is a, a meta graphic novel. It's about the art of constructing comics and graphic novels. Yes. So I actually yeah this is the guy who wrote the sculptor Scott McLeod isn't oh, it? Oh I love that. Yeah, yeah yeah I've got that somewhere. Oh thank you very much. This is wonderful. Mm. Thank you. Um, thank you, Santa. I'll let you know what happens after page 51. It's wonderful. 
I'm just trying. thinking, like, did Santa get this second hand off Amazon? Or is it theirs? It's in the market <laughs> condition. Because you remember once I got a graphic novel, Sam, that was, smel- was second hand, it smelled of cigarettes. Do you remember? Yeah, I do. Batman yeah. Digital Justice. It didn't have that satisfying crack. No. This does. Who, who's next, Chris? Uh, I'm going to pick Samuel. Hello. Okay. So, mine, yes. A scent delivered, wrapped by Amazon. Oh, it's got a little label it's attached a, to it. I know, it. it's got the label on it. Father Christmas has typed out. <laughs> Put a enjoy, barcode on it as well. Enjoy your gift from colon Father Christmas. Colon Father Christmas. <laughs> colon Father Christmas. Father Christmas is colon. It also, it also came with a weird envelope which says, keep your gift a surprise. Unwrap your present before opening this envelope. So... This is this is either a fun um, gift receipt, probably a bookmark, probably a bookmark. So I'll open that. So I asked, we all remember that I wanted to learn something new. So the worrying thing is, is this is very, this is a very thin. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very thin volume. So hopefully, uh, whatever I'm learning is clearly cl- um, you don't need to know much. No. <laughs> okay, so I'm opening the bow. But mine's got loads of pictures in it, Sam. That's probably why. Yours might not have pictures in it. Uh, just, just, just a wall of text. Right, okay. Oh, it's wrapped inside the wrapping, oh, which ooh. I do like. Value for money. I'll keep that. Coming to a birthday near you, Dan. Probably because it's your birthday now. So I will be learning. Here we go. Oh. Teach yourself to meditate. Oh. <gasps> An excellent book, according to the Daily Mail. Oh, that's not good. Oh. <laughs> oh, how to be a racist. <laughs> <laughs> and be comfortable with yourself. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. This will, go, this will go really well with my other books on meditation. One thing I have learned, because I do study meditation already, kind of is that no one person has the monopoly on how to actually do it or right. what is the correct way to do it right which is um fascinating really because everyone has their own um approach to it and designs for some it's project high rise for some it's project high rise for others it's watching scrubs actually shall we open up the envelope yes Go let's on, do. have a look Oh, right, it's from Chris. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> a gift note from Mr. KJ Darby. Enjoy your gift from colon Father Christmas. <laughs> from colon Father... Why is there a colon there? It doesn't need to be there, but yeah. <laughs> that will go nicely along with um, my other book. Where's my other meditation book? Oh, there's... There's Marcus Aurelius meditations. That's yeah, a different that's... that's, kind that's, of that's <laughs> That is a very different set. Like I just picture you getting comfy on a co- on a cushion. Um, <laughs> so what you're trying to say, Sam, is this isn't this isn't going to teach you a new skill? <laughs> you've got. Well, I'm skirting around the issue, Chris. But, yeah. But yeah. Um, so I have studied your bookcase quite a lot, and you missed the three books that all also mentioned meditation yeah. and how to learn it. I saw you. I saw the um, the Marcus Aurelius one on meditations, <laughs> and thought he's not doing it right. <laughs> No, but apparently this is actually a very, very good book. A okay, very cool. genuinely good book. I, I, well, the Daily Mail says so. Yeah. Who'd have thought that I would have chimed with their feelings? <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait, Chris. Thanks so much. 
Uh, right, Dan's next. Yay. And Yay. last. So, Dan, remind us what you asked. Bloody hell. He's got the scissors going, out. going straight in there with some scissors. What did you ask for, Dan? I asked for an autobiography. Oh, Christ, don't open it that way. Jesus Christ, away from your body, Dan. Yeah, that's better. That's yeah. why I was yeah. doing it. With yeah, but be, you had your hand. Be oh. careful. He's he, he, Bloody hell. Oh, oh, wow. Jesus. That was so aggressive, he moved his <laughs> webcam around. Oh, Christ. Don't run with those either, Dan. So much sellotape. <laughs> These are the rounded edge ones. Ooh. I've got uh, Persepolis. <gasps> oh, good. that is a good shout. Persepolis is very good. That is a very, very good shout. Yeah, I, I, do, I, I've, I'm aware of the film. I've not seen the film, which is good. Oh, oh, interesting. Do you know? I'm genuinely jealous that you that you haven't read it. Like, I'm genuinely jealous. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. For the for for for, for anyone listening who hasn't read it, it's actually uh, like a graphic novel comic. Yeah, it is. I was that, that's what I'm saying. I wasn't aware of that's what it would be. Um, wow. If you need to know how to understand that, Dan. Yeah. So Marjan Marjan Satrapi is the. Uh, yeah, I didn't want to pronounce it because I thought I'm going to do. I'm just going to butcher it. So I thought I'll just not. Oh, awesome! Probably, probably for the best. I'm going to say go. it, this may be a bold statement. I think this is potentially the most successful Secret Santa we've ever done. I think we've done very well. You might be able to tell that Chris is by my side. There he is, look. This recording. It's once a year. You might as well get together. So we thought we'd do something special. And so we went We went to the cinema, didn't we, Chris? We did. Again. And again. <laughs> I know. And I arrived because the grift no longer exists. Oh. Uh, because Cineworld, Cineworld stopped it. <laughs> yeah. Cineworld. We got a picture of you behind the counter. <laughs> now... <laughs> Now my my question is my question is now okay. I I do yeah. I do some of the like PR marketing stuff for this podcast right so every once in a while what I'll do is I'll send an email to the people that we're talking about their thing my worry yeah. is that when I emailed Cineworld about the grift you'd let them know well I have actually made a formal written complaint <laughs> <laughs> how much time have you got. I haven't heard back from them, but I legitimately wrote a formal letter of complaint. That I w- you, that clearly, you clearly haven't got enough meditation books. <laughs> that I wasn't allowed to buy, take part in the kids. Oh my gosh. Have you got a copy deal. of that somewhere? I'd love to have a look at uh, it. I'll see if I can find it. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, I did write a formal letter. So, so in preparation for knowing that I couldn't grift, I turned up to the cinema and I think Chris took one look at me and thought... Oh, you look like a drowned rat. <laughs> Completely forlorn. I, I had, I, and also a well-encumbered drowned rat. Because yeah. underneath my jacket, I had a massive uh, bottle of water oh. and a big bag of toffee popcorn. Nice. And bearing in mind, we're going, we went for, we've been for suit fittings recently for his wedding. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, he's, he's changed his size quite a bit <laughs> since we last measured <laughs> up. Yeah, we're going to have to change those. Um, but we went to go it was a toss up wasn't it between Aquaman hmm. the latest DC joint or Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and I think we were very very happy to go and see Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse because it's 
maybe, maybe, and I need to see it again in some other films, but I think it may be my favourite superhero movie of all time. And also maybe my favourite animation film uh, that I've ever seen. So it's uh, a Sony animation pictures joint and probably the biggest touchstone for this would be Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Definitely, yeah. It's a very good touchstone. That as well is a massively underrated film, both in terms of animation and genuinely how funny oh yeah um sincere it is but um i i heard it referenced this way on uh, another podcast the empire podcast and they described spider-man into the spider-verse as the biggest leap in animation since toy story and i think what they mean by that is a film that will define a new era for what animation is and what animation can achieve on the screen mm. and the film has three directors and when you see it you realize why they needed so many people to steer the ship because it's absolutely just squeezed with so much love and attention and uh, any other film I think would have fallen off the rails and been just too much for the eyes or too much for the senses or probably not been brave enough to fully push the envelope as much as Spider-Man does Right. but it manages to capture so much of who Spider-Man is as a character and in this film it's Miles Morales who's who's Spider-Man due to a, a number of reasons that I won't go into spoil did you ever? Did you guys ever see that really weird Ardman animation called Angry Kid? Uh, yes, I think yes. He's a kid with the ginger hair. Yeah. and this is. The, I only mention it because it's the only touchstone I've got in terms of an animated character acting and feeling like they've got real physicality within the world. Like they feel like they're part of it and they affect it and they've got weight and they move in a way that makes them feel like they're part of it rather than just scratches on a piece of paper have, or... have you seen um, Fantastic Mr Fox the Wes Anderson film? oh yeah, yeah it is like that Dan that, that was the example I thought of I've not seen Spider-Man uh, Into Spider-Verse um, the, the animation some of the, the stylistic elements to it reminded me almost of stop motion animation which, which kind of then took me to also comparing it with Fantastic Mr Fox which is kind of stop motion is kind of um, CGI kind of th- kind of thing. So that's if that's the kind of the area that some of it looks like. It's interesting. Yeah, there's a kind of irreverent charm to it that comes through Fantastic Mr. Fox and Isle of Dogs. So that Wes Anderson yeah. quality to it. Um, basically, narrative-wise, as Sam says, not going to spoil it. But essentially, it is about. It's in the title, really. It's about how Miles Morales, as Spider-Man, as he's as a Spider-Man, suddenly is encounters other iterations of Spider-Man from different dimensions. It's about how he, through learning to take on this role, learns from these different variants of himself and these parallel universes and how they have to work together. And they trust you. They trust you as an audience that you know the origin of Spider-Man. Yeah. They deliberately don't say Uncle Ben's famous quote because everyone knows it. I think a lot of what you're saying, and it's quite telling that it's made by some of the same people, a lot of what you're saying reminds me of my feelings towards the Lego movie when that came out because I really love that and that's a lot of similar stuff in terms of dealing with other dimensions and kind of alternate universes whilst not really sitting down and actually explaining it you just kind of go there's a there's a World West universe it's there 
get over it kind of thing. But the question I wanted to ask is, <laughs> I don't, I don't really read comics. I don't really read graphic novels. No, I saw the trailer for Spider-Man: Spider-Verse. I could obviously see it was influenced a lot by the comics. I thought it looked fantastic, which was telling the fact that it wasn't necessarily didn't feel like it was made for me because I didn't know all that backstory. However, it just looked amazing. My question is, for someone who doesn't know that wider universe, considering that it's not going to go into detail about what it is, is there anything that I need to know going in that's going to help me enjoy it even more? No. No. I mean, also, Dan, it references a lot of the Spider-Man films, not just the comics. It's all of Spider-Man. So even if you've watched any of the Sam Raimi films or even Homecoming... Uh, it's referenced there. There's, there's a bit where he goes, um, oh, we all remember when I did this. And like he starts doing the Tobey Maguire dance on the steps. And he's just like, yeah, but we don't talk about that. <laughs> and he's just like, I've also had like a cereal made, which is absolutely true. I've also had like a, a, a an average popsicle made of me. And it cuts to like that image, that famous image of the Spider-Man popsicle where it's all like bent out of shape. Yeah. It sounds like the humour that worked so well for Lego Movie it also working really well in this in this world as well but the difference is, is is that unlike the lego movie which i didn't enjoy and the batman movie is that it's not it doesn't fire 10,000 jokes at you per minute it's right. paced okay it is paced absolutely perfectly and in terms of like not knowing about comic books and not reading them i think that and this might be a bit hyperbolic for me to say but i think dan that you would watch this film and I don't think you would I don't think you would leave the cinema and go oh I must start collecting comics now I think you would watch this film and you'd come away with a little bit of understanding of why I love comics so Mm -hmm. much Mm. and why Chris loves comics so much you wouldn't go away absolutely like wanting to start collecting comics but the film has that feeling of why comics are so great and what it is that makes them such a pleasure to read Now listen. Yeah, I'm listening. My ears are open and they are ready to receive what you're about to say. I'm not, I don't feel focused, Sam. Can you help okay, me? Okay, here bit? are some common mantras from Eric Harrison. Go on. There's the, the traditional om. Yep, om. Om. There's om, ah. Well, our mantra is, can we keep <laughs> getting people to ask us questions <laughs> on this podcast? And the answer is yes, we can. Zing! Um, we can! Woohoo! Uh, hooray! Uh, so... Uh, switch oh, Sam. yay right. um, so uh, I was having a drink it's Christmas uh, go on <laughs> that, that's that's the excuse for a lot of things though isn't it around this period of time of year um, it's Christmas it's Christmas I'm, I'm having a drink uh, so uh, uh, our pal listener uh, of the show friend of the show uh, Richard Simpson sent us ah. a question uh, Hello. And he sent it on one of the following ways uh, via Twitter at Staying In Pod, uh, via Facebook at Staying In Pod, yeah. uh, or Staying In Pod at gmail.com via That's my favorite. email. I see my favorite Twitter. And what's your favorite, Chris? I prefer just contacting Pete directly. Just directly. His mobile phone. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> and you can do that. Zero. You can do that with seven. <laughs> <This number>. Seven. <laughs> Um, so uh, Richard Simpson uh, uh, what of them we're not wizards lot says Mm -hmm. I'm interested to know if you keep the Christmas tradition 
that you had as kids. So did you, I mean, first of all, I'm, he's assuming that we had Christmas traditions, and I'm assuming we all yeah. did, didn't we? Yes, um, I and, did. And yeah. do we still keep them? Um, so my Christmas tradition, I, I remember, is um, uh, we would have, obviously Christmas dinner and all that sort of stuff. The main thing I take away from it is we would have prawn cocktail every single year. A prawn cocktail with oodles of sauce, a tiny little bit of iceberg lettuce, and very poor quality prawns. Small, The small little ones uh, yeah. uh, that are very salty. Uh, we'd have them every single year. I don't do that, but I do always have bread sauce, and I do try and. Uh, <laughs> I still haven't eaten that sachet you sent me in the I, post. I do yeah, try. I. I do try and spread the word, the good word about bread sauce. That is, and that is the tradition that I do try and keep. I'm, when I when I thought of traditions, right? Let's compare the two traditions. Yeah. I'm not saying mine is typical. What Pete's described is so far. It's basically you see it on a Christmas card, wouldn't you, Sam? Yeah, it's just like prawn cocktails on Christmas Day. Mine was more than a robin. Me and my brother, before we went to bed, we would hang two pillowcases on the banister, mm. empty. Yeah, of course. And then we would go to sleep, and in the night, Santa, sometimes very noisily, <laughs> would fill those <laughs> pillowcases um, with presents for me and my brother. Then what would always happen is that uh, I would wake up whoever woke up first me and my brother would then take our presents into the other person's room and then we kind of like feel them and touch them and, and like whisper under our breaths like oh what have you got what have you got like oh what have you got this year I don't know oh yeah and then at some point we judge it between the two of us what point it was respectable to then go into our parents room this is public information so what is a respectable time do you yeah. Think? yeah I'd really like to know this because there are many kids there as uh, after after I did all that Fortnite chat last time there are lots of kids now listening to this so what what time uh, I think between half 5 and 6 yeah good work now. right well you've just ruined a load, half of par- five. <laughs> a load of parents just after the milkman's gone yeah, yeah. half well, 5 and 6 yeah no it's very exciting uh childhood traditions probably box fizz for breakfast <laughs> Childhood? Well, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? You're so well, drunk after the one box fizz. The rest of it's a haze. <laughs> you didn't they, care what we had. Do you think they just gave it to you because you'd woken them up at six o'clock in the morning? Just feed them the, feed them the champers. Um, I'm trying to think. So Richard's asking also, like, yeah, which ones we keep to this day. I'll tell you, there's one tradition I do do, which is a funny one, really. When I was a child, I used to get for Christmas... I think for four Christmases in a row, I got... Did you ever have these books when you were a child which were where basically your parents would write off or grandparents would write off to a company and they'd feed in, fill in certain details and what they would get back is a book where you are essentially the star of that book and it's basically they've filled in the gaps and they've just pasted in some of your childhood friends as well and it's basically a narrative and you get that as a little gift. So there's there's a there's you one. Get those for dogs now. Can, for dogs, but they can't read. Sam. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've got. Um, there's one where I I helped Manchester United win the Premier League, <laughs> and the that? whole premise of the narrative is brilliant. This basically, they pick me out of the crowd. It's not like I'm in the starting eleven. They pick me out of the crowd to do like a free kick or something, and I scored the goal. Um, 
because obviously nobody wants to nobody wants to slide tackle a six-year-old so this was a tradition so there's more than one of these yeah there was one where i helped batman defeat catwoman defeat (laughs) i know um, she was stealing this remote controlled cat and i caught it when she (laughs) threw it batman (laughs) uh it's got awful jokes in it's where i get it from and my favorite one is where i help the pg tips monkey find the golden tea leaf and you were once in a PG Tips advert. I know, full circle, right? <laughs> so every night still, when I go and stay with my parents... Every night? Well, not every night, but every night though, that time of year when I get around Christmas, when I go around to my parents uh, to stay over for Christmas, like, I'll just take these off the shelf and just for pure nostalgia, I'll just give them a flick through them and just read them because I've done that every year since I was oh. probably about six, I would say. And there's something quite interesting about just holding that that book it's it, 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 suddenly this idea that you know time can feel both very quick time can pass very quick but also can ebb and flow very slowly and it's one of those interesting moments where that paradox becomes all the more apparent really mm. what about you daniel there's not really that many that that i would keep i'm looking back to kind of when i was young we did the whole um like pillowcase as we're on the end of our beds um that were full of presents and that kind of that kind of grew over the years, and it turned into like a like a, a big sack that would be left outside your door until the year that kind of <laughs> was it like was it kind sack. of a thing was it kind of a thing where like your parents gave you a small pillowcase and you were like f*** this <laughs> started, I started like took took all your bedding out your duvet, duvet and like, yeah <laughs> yeah with the banister yeah <laughs> they're like oh no he's asking for more and more each year <laughs> I didn't realise my family was Scottish. <laughs> I don't know where well, that went from. I've I've uh, I've changed it so Richard feels more at home. Oh, I see. Nice one. I see. You saved yeah, that sense. Well, we we did, they did that until it got to the point that uh, neither me or my sister kind of believed in Father Christmas anymore. So it got to the point that my mum kind of gave up a little bit and tried to hide the secret. So we'd have gone to bed probably about like I don't know about ten o'clock, <laughs> and about half an hour later, half an hour later, he- I would hear my mum coming down the hallway, dumping bags outside the room and saying. Don't come out till the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. So, so, so Dan, Dan, you you are a father, so you're going to be creating Christmas exactly, traditions. Exactly. Yeah. So, oh yeah. I mean, so yeah. Over the over the years, you kind of we, I don't do kind of old traditions, but we kind of create new ones. Now, what's actually interesting is that when I was growing up, when we put like the Christmas tree up, it'd be like um, me, my mum, my dad, and my sister, and we'd put the tree up. And my dad would put the tree up and my dad would his job was to put the tree up and then put all the lights on it and then me my sister and my mum we would then put all the baubles and the tinsel and that do all the decorating and kind of just organically over the years since i kind of moved out and i've, I've lived with my wife now for 10 years or so organically and especially now kind of with my little boy i've taken on the role of okay i'll put the tree up and i'll do the lights and then that's my job done i'll step aside and you can go away you can decorate it however you want to my job's done um, I've done the lights. That that that's my job. It's like the most manliest part of decorating a tree is the lights. It's the electrics, mm. the power. If you had the chance now to create a tradition, what 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 tradition would you would you like to create? Like personally, for me, I um, I find it very difficult to get in the mood of Christmas. Like I find it very difficult to get like part of that hype. I think that's probably because I spent so long working in commercial radio where 
you know, they start playing the Christmas songs at the end of November yeah. and then you're just listening to them over and over and over again. So I've lost a little bit of that magic. Like the, the one tradition I have at the moment, which is I read Christmas Carol every year. That's, that's nice. a great book. That's um, nice. <laughs> so that's like the nice thing that I like to do every year and I feel like that's the one thing that truly gets me into the mood and like the spirit and the and the and the feeling of Christmas. And um we're starting a new tradition this year, mainly because um, and I hope it continues as a tradition because I really like the idea of it, and and it's mainly brought on because we're saving for the wedding next year, well, which will be this year. <gasps> oh, oh. oh, three months. Sam. I know. Is that we're not actually um, buying presents for each other. Instead, we're putting the money towards buying experiences. So instead of like for me and Lisa and her family we're not spending money on getting presents for each other instead we're putting money towards going away for the weekend and I'm like doing the same with my dad and my brother and his girlfriend like so instead of putting that money into presents for stuff that we may or may not need instead it'll be well why don't you come up to Manchester or we'll come to you for a weekend and we'll use that money to go out and do something special and for me as a nice little tradition like I hope we I hope we keep that on beyond the the economics of needing to do it this year if that makes sense you'll yeah. you'll remember it for the That's rest it. of your life yeah 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 creating yeah. creating memories rather yeah. than recycling. your fourth meditation book yes <sighs> straight from my meditation book i think i think marcus aurelius talked about that he does doesn't he sam yeah marcus aurelius Very famously yeah marcus aurelius is uh, you know fourth rule of government is make sure you do a quad biking holiday <laughs> That was staying in with myself, Sam Turner, Peter Willington, Chris Darby and Daniel Frost. If something in this episode made you laugh, smile or have a little think, then please consider subscribing so you get the next edition as soon as it's released. This show is all about sharing those things we enjoy with those closest to us. So if you have a friend, relative, mate, pal or chum who you think would love the Staying In podcast, then why not tell them about it? You could leave us a review but we would much rather that you sit down a good acquaintance look them in the eye tell them they're lovely and they should be listening to the staying in podcast talking of sharing if you need some more details on anything we've talked about on this episode then go to stayingin.podbean.com or contact any of us on twitter via at staying in pod if you want to ask us a question then a great place to start is with the email stayinginpod at gmail.com but if you're more comfortable using Facebook or Twitter, then we are on there too. We also have curation pages on Steam and BoardGameGeek, so if you're ever stuck for something to do, then search for us on there and we can guide you to the awesome stuff we all love. Until next time, thank you for listening to the show, have a great new year and goodbye.